This episode of the Duck Gun Podcast proudly brought to you by Gunner Kennels. Gunner Kennels, the market's only double-walled, roto-molded dog crate, and a five-star crash test-rated kennel. These American-made boxes come with a lifetime warranty, and the guys over at Gunner Kennels have done some crazy testing just to show how strong they really are, like dropping 4,000 pounds on it, hammering it with a 630-pound sled, tossing it off a 200-foot cliff, and shooting it with a 12-gauge at seven paces with no pellet penetration. You're hitting the road with your dog this season. Gunner Kennels is your safest bet. Protect your best friend and protect your investment. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. On today's weekly hunt update, we talk about fishing for Salmon King on the fly, deer opener, and plans for waterfowl youth season opener so before we jump into the podcast just a couple quick reminders make sure to follow us on youtube hit that subscribe button me and elliot will be posting all of our hunts all season long make sure to follow us over on instagram i'm duck gun chronicles on instagram and elliot is freelance duck hunting on instagram Um, we'll be doing updates on there all the time as well and make sure to check us out at fellowship of the duck gun on the facebook group All right, before we jump into the podcast, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Hey guys, Tim from HTR here. If you really want to get your group up front and in the action, check out our new HTR A-frame. Hunt anywhere, concealed. It sets up and takes down in less time than it takes to put your waders on. We've developed our own camo patterns for a better hide, with more designs coming. We have you covered from the sides and the top. Oh, and did I mention our A-frame is only 10 pieces out of the box? Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and on htrinnovations.com. All right, so we are live for another weekly update podcast. Today I brought in my dad. Uh, You could call him Carl. You can call him Fummelmitz. You can call him the Assassin. You cannot call him the Duck Hunter formerly known as the Assassin, which I'm not The people have spoken. (laughs) The people have spoken. That's right, because we put up a vote, and... Apparently, they don't want to call him that name. An assassin gets to select his own shots. Yeah, well, it depends on what bounty the assassin. Like, you know, if you tell the assassin you're supposed to go after the X person, you know, he can be selected. But if it's just ducks, then anyway, I'm not going to. I'm beyond that (laughs) bad vote that I allowed people to take up. So tonight we're going to talk about um, what we've got coming up, what, what this massive massive fish that jordan caught which i'm dying to hear about and then what we've got going this upcoming weekend and then we're going to have an in-depth discussion about the good old water swat i have been thinking about this topic a lot lately and reevaluating my ethics on it or whether i wanted to change my ethics on it i've put in a ton of time really thinking from both sides of the debate on whether you should water swat or not water swat and i think at this point i can put forth a case to not water swat better than anyone that's ever tried. And anyone tries to debate me, they suck at trying to give a reason why you should. <laughs> they, to water swat or I to think not I've water swat? 
to not water swat. I, I, I'm still gonna water swat some. But well, does everybody on here know what water swatting is? Oh, I'm sure they do. But we'll, we'll get it. We'll get into the full definition when we get into the conversation. Right. Okay. Um, and and how we got to about doing it. But I've, I really think I, I can put forth a case as to maybe a reason that why what people should argue when they say you shouldn't do it. Okay. So we'll get to that though. Little debate. You little, can debate yourself. Debate. I'll debate myself. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll debate you. It'll be good. Right. Pro and con. Can I use multiple voices as I do it? Oh, please. Yeah, I'd like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please go puppets. get your uh, puppets out. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, all right. So, um, no, you have no hunting this last week, Elliot. We had zero hunting um, this last weekend. Zero scouting. In fact, I attended a literacy conference on Saturday. Are you illiterate or something? Well, it, it was a pretty good conference. I'm not anymore after this conference. It was, <laughs> I'll tell you what, there's something about being in a conference room with 150 people, only three of which are male. Oh, that's an interesting, and being married. I'd say it'd be better if you're not married. And you yeah. recognized. Yeah, I, did, I actually, it was really, really strange. Um, I was walking in the door <laughs> and um, the, as I'm coming in, this girl says, um, how come you're not out duck hunting? And I didn't recognize her. And I said, I'm thinking, oh, she must, I, she must be in the district. And I, for those of you who don't know, I'm a school teacher. Um, and she must be just someone in the district that I don't know, don't recognize, whatever. And I was like, well, there's no hunting this weekend. And she goes on to tell me about um, how much her and her husband watch my videos. <laughs> oh, really? She had recognized me and she made, she pulled out her phone and made me take a picture with her. <laughs> it was really surreal. Ooh, the celebrity. It was a surreal event. Uh, that's funny. It was it was really strange to have that happen. That's kind of um, that's funny. Yeah, I, yeah. I people come up and say to me, "Oh, you're a duck hunter, huh?" And I think, "What are you talking about? How do you know that?" And then I look at my my uh, car tag, and it says "Duck Guy." Yeah, that's a tip off. So that's kind of a dead giveaway. <laughs> yeah, just as long so, as yeah, it we didn't have happen any... at your uh, your your boat launch, right? <laughs> your hidden boat launch. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> he's Doug guy. Yeah. The one and only Doug guy. Yeah. Kind of presumptuous. Well, that's all right. You're the. Yeah. You're not a Doug guy. Yeah. You're the number one. I'm the original. A bit presumptuous. <laughs> yeah, well, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Where you could have a personalized plate that says fumbles. Ooh. You are the fumbles. Ooh, no, no, the no. one and only. See, fumbles is more accurate. Than some other, but I I prefer my that my fumbleness not be the best way I'm known. Wow, that ship has sailed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I won't go into any details. All right. So yeah, no hunting this past weekend. There was none. No. <laughs> well, I was able to get out and not do any duck hunting because it's not in season right now. But um, I was able to get out and head up to Michigan, the salmon run was going on and i heard about you know the reports and i'm like man i gotta get up there uh looks like it's prime time prime conditions so went up there went with um you know took a buddy from my last job somebody i knew from there and uh he'd been asking for a long time to to come fly fishing with me and he'd never been so you know we went out there and um we get out on the river and you know we're actually putting on our stuff and the first guy we talked to um, we're like, you know, how, how was it down there? How are you doing? He's like, oh man, uh, we did great. You know, I was just smashing him. We're like, oh yeah, this is going to be good. So we hike in, um, it's through the national forest. 
um, to an unnamed location. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, they have um, what they call blue ribbon trout streams, um, and I don't know exactly why they call them that. It's just like the really good trout streams, and uh, it's off of like it's not like the main rivers. So how it works is the salmon run up from Lake Michigan or any of the Great Lakes. There's salmon in them, and they run run up tributaries. What kind of um, salmon is this? This was a king salmon. King salmon. A, a chinook. Was that right? A chinook king salmon. I guess I, I should know, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, anyways, so they run up the streams, they run up the rivers, um, and then they'll even run up these small tributaries if they need to even further. And what they do is they go up there to spawn and then that's the end of the road for them. They spawn and they die. Uh, so anyways, we're going up to the stream. It's like when you get far back in these streams, you get in some really small water, you know, um, like, you know, knee deep at some spots or even less like ankle deep. Um, and these fish, these huge giant fish that, you know, originated from the ocean are coming up in these small streams. It's like the only time you can ever find a fish that big in such small water. So it's just crazy catching these huge fish in like knee deep, ankle deep water. (laughs) And so anyways, um, we really, we really hammered them. Um, best day I've ever had fishing for kings on the on the fly rod. How many, how many did you catch? Um, I caught three, and I hooked into probably like fifteen, and Ooh. that that that's about the success rate you have with them because <laughs> they're they're just so big. I had the the biggest, um, or the strongest test that they sell for leaders for fly fishing, and they'd still snap me off. You just have to, as soon as you hook wow. into them, you have to let them run. You have to let them run and tire themselves out. But when you get in this small stream, it has downfalls, like the trees going all the way across. So like if you have a fish heading for a log, you just have to stop it. And uh, when you stop it, a lot of times they'll break you off. Wow. Did you get this on video? Yep. Yep. So there'll be. When's uh, that coming out? Um, I don't know. Sometime this week, probably. <laughs> oh, and I can't wait to see that. I watched your last video from last year. I really enjoyed that video. Well, now I've I've fished fly fished for Atlantic salmon, but that's different than this. Yep, yeah, yeah, just Atlantic, a different type. On Atlantic salmon, they say that these fish are not feeding; they're just sort of snapping at your lure, your fly. Is that the case for for the king salmon? Well, there is. There's definitely some debate about that whether that's true or not. Um, I'm not uh-huh. sure because Atlantic salmon they had to feed at some point, right? Um, so well, I think. If, if you, if you're in your last day, it doesn't matter, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think the the further they get along, the less likely that they're actually feeding. But if you get them while they're fresh out of the ocean, that they're definitely still feeding. Huh. Um, but, you know, but it's, you it's like you said, if they're... What was that? You keep them? So, unfortunately, I didn't. I would have loved to, but um, where I hiked, I hiked through a section of the river and then into another stream. And the section of the river I hiked through was catch and release. So I caught the fish in a zone where you could keep them, but I would have had to carry them back through a river that is catch and release. And I didn't want to have any suspicion that I caught them there and was just carrying yeah. out these massive salmon. <laughs> from, from the looks of that fish, that picture, I don't think you're strong enough to carry that salmon out there. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Three of those, I, I would have been in trouble. <laughs> yeah, those are nice. I cannot wait to see that video. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. So that pretty much that was pr- pretty much it. And uh, my my buddy Matt, he caught one. It was his first time ever fly fishing, and it's super hard to catch one of these on the fly. And he caught one, 
And I'll say loosely, like, you know, air quotes, he caught one because I, <laughs> I netted it pretty fast because I, I, I could see what was happening. And um, it just came, he came at a right spot. He wasn't letting it run. Um, he was pulling on it real hard and the fish came up and was flopping around and it was like to the left of me and I run over there and just take the net and like just dive on the fish and get it in the net <laughs> because if it was like I'm telling like two or three more seconds that fish was breaking off because you can't just hold the fish there it's it's gonna break your line so uh, yeah <laughs> I got That'll that on I got that on camera too and it snapped off when I got it in the net so <laughs> Oh man! Awesome. Oh, I like to see you diving on that fish. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you'll see it. It's it's pretty funny. Um, so yeah, that was my fly fishing. Um, did get out and deer opener. Um, like I've said multiple times before, my deer season. My goal is to have like a twenty day season, October first till the opening day of duck season. If I can get some deer to fill the freezer in that amount of time, I'll be more than happy. Now, are you are you bow hunting or rifle hunting? Uh, bow hunting bow season goes from like the beginning of the year all the way through like January but our gun season is pretty much like the same length length as till season it's three weekends but two weeks and that's Uh in November so it's right in the middle of duck season so I don't bother with it if I don't have to yeah Yeah. not a hardcore deer hunter not going after crazy bucks just want some good old deer meat to fill the freezer yeah yeah Alrighty, so uh, you guys want to talk about your upcoming uh, youth season you guys got going in Kansas? Yeah, we've got this. So this weekend is a, is a pretty special weekend. I, I'm actually not going to be there, but um, my dad's going to be at the location scouting. When are you getting there, Thursday? Thursday, yeah. So he's going to scout Thursday and Friday. And really, you shouldn't even need to scout because no, I, I know from teal season, I know where the birds are going to be. It's just a confirming it yeah. all and it's just fun yeah um so this is the same place we're hunting during teal season and it should be just lousy with birds we've had cold fronts no one's been hunting it for two weeks now so it should be easy limits depending on the boys shooting these these places just fill up after teal season we're getting ready for the opener they just fill up yeah and uh you 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 might worry about whether there'll be a lot of ducks there during opener of teal but opener regular season boy their teal are just lousy yeah yeah a lot of times we shoot all blue wings now i think this year maybe really i'd like to put down a pentail so we may be able but for the for the youth opener so um aiden and nevin and simeon are going to leave friday and head down and i think that aiden and simeon are going to camp out and nevin's going to stay in my mom and dad's camper so saturday morning Aiden and, and Simeon are going to go off on a hunt, and then Nevin and my dad are going to go off on a hunt. So. Actually, I have a little correction there. I talked to Aiden. I think he's wimping out about camping. Oh, are they going to stay at his dad's house? Yeah. Uh, whatever. So you may need to pick him up in, uh, I won't say the name of the city, but there, you may, guys may need to meet, meet Nevin. Well, so. I think Aiden's going to stay with us, too. Oh, they're all going to stay in the camper. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh-huh. Well, whatever. Um, so, and they're both going to film, so we should get two videos out of this. Um, I think that my dad and Nevin are probably going to go to the same spot where um, Simeon and I hunted together and me and my dad and my two boys. are Elijah's going to stay up here and then I'll get him in on a different hunt at a different time. Um, I've been going west a lot this year, so I just don't want to push it for the amount of times I'm going. Um, I'm just going to and I really think I really love Aiden and Simeon hunting together. And Nevin is really excited to go on a hunt just solo with you. Yeah. So it ought to be a lot of fun. Well, Nevin and I were scheduled to do it last year at this Mm -hmm. time. And like the day before, 
the doctor called me up and said I needed a pacemaker yeah. and you better come in and do it right now. So that that went down the tubes. But that was that was Simeon's first first limit. limit. Yeah. yeah, that was a fantastic hunt. That yeah, had. it was. It was. So this is the same thing over again. Only this time, Nevin and I are going to get to go out. Yeah. So it'll be a, it'll be a good time. I'm hoping that I can get uh, the video back to to turn it around quick enough to get a mon uh, video out Monday, but I kind of doubt it. So I'm, I think I'll end up putting out a video Tuesday and Thursday that week. I'm hoping of those two, of those two hunts. So I'm excited about it. I'm, I can't wait to get the pictures and just that morning I'll, I'll be all excited even though I'm, I'm not hunting. Yeah. I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely jealous of you guys having all this action duck hunting. <laughs> Early on, and I still have what, so much time to wait. Yeah, I think I think the wildlife management people in Kansas are mostly duck hunters. I think they know how to set it up within the federal framework and still get as much hunting po as possible. Yeah, but it's interesting. On, on the local forums, there's still guys that gripe and complain that everything ought to be one zone. And I'm like, I, I try to I've tried to reason at one point, but you just can't reason with people that don't want to think. You can have a one zone where it's all 72 days or you can cut it into four pieces and have like 130 days and these guys are griping and complaining because they don't have one 72 day versus 130 some days to hunt i'm I'm, I'm old i shouldn't understand these newfangled ideas but that's <laughs> stupid yeah, i don't know like people argue for it and i mean in these places that are early zone they're early zone because they're really shallow marshes and they freeze really really quickly i know these guys want these shallow marshes open in january for hunting but i'll tell you what in january they're frozen solid well a lot of them are the um, guides that hunt the fields around these places yeah that's mostly, and that's a lot of it comes from them because you know you can shoot ducks in fields You'll shoot more mallards in the fields later. Uh, I'm not real concerned about the guides. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> rant over on that one, right? Yeah. <laughs> rant, oh, rant, rant. Guides matter too, guys. Okay. <laughs> Can't just throw them <laughs> under the bus. They do, but in the, certainly, the, certainly they do. But when it comes to looking over their interests instead of the mass population interest, that's where we're gonna. That's where we're gonna buck up against each other. You just don't want all the yeah, out-of-staters coming in there getting guided hunts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These guys from Chicago and St. Louis and everything come in here and shoot up all our birds, which is just fine. But let's not set up the season for them. Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't care if somebody comes in from out of state to hunt, but let's not set up our whole season just for them. And it's a very vocal minority that thinks that way. Yeah. yeah. So we, we're blessed for our dates. We're absolutely blessed this year. They changed a little bit to where normally this weekend would be the early opener. Right. Um, they pushed it back one week, which I wish they hadn't done that. But yeah, um, but they, it's, they did. But it's, it's so okay. Fun. It's so fun. Yeah, I think I'd wish they'd push ours back um, one week because it seems like our second split, which is just uh, two weekends, one week, is some of the best duck hunting we have all season long. And it's like if we just took away the front end in October or made it, you know, the twenty seventh, like you guys have. And then chalked on an extra week right there uh, going into the first week of January. Uh, I mean, I'd be all for that, having a little bit more late season. When is your opener exactly? It's the 20th. 20th, okay. So you don't have that much longer to wait. You're just basically just one week after ours. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you... You're two weeks out. Two and a is half it? weeks out. Two and a half. Yeah. 
Two weeks yeah. from this weekend. It's a long, long way. <laughs> <laughs> when you're the guy that has to wait, it's yeah. a long yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm just glad I can get out there and, you know, I have a, a goal, a mission to get out there and get a deer for the freezer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. One thing they did in Kansas was in our main zone, they they close the last day of January, but then they reopen the last, was nine or 10 days of January. And, and uh, I say it closes the last day of December. And then it reopens for the last nine or 10 days of January. And that can either be a bust or it can be a bonanza. Yeah, I kind of like it that way too. because yeah. when it's bonanza, it's really great. Yeah. Yeah. That's because how you got all this reverse, well. You got all this reverse migration by that time. And the pintails are all flocked out and the mallards are all flocked out. Mm. But you can still travel to to a zone that's open all of January as well. So yeah. There's another they, zone that is open all, all of January. The guys that set it up are fantastic geniuses as far as i'm concerned it's, yeah, I mean, it's perfect <laughs> it's perfect yeah that's a, that's that's a good point i i'm gonna try this year to travel a little bit um in january in my state because it, north zone's done december we had kind of have the same thing it closes like the around like the fourth or something like that of december and then it opens up the last nine days of december and it can either be a bust or um i'm mean, actually I shouldn't say that I haven't had a bust yet. It's always been great. Um, <laughs> but it's been last year, um, you know, I shot limits like, you know, three or four days in a row in that last nine days. And it's just, it's just yeah. hot. Yeah. Hot because it's so cold. But yeah, I, I definitely could travel in January going down south in Indiana. It's open till the 27th in the south, south zone, I think. Maybe it's the 20th. Is that about a four hour trip for you? All the way, yeah, probably. Yeah, it's similar to what we do. With our travel is about three and a half. Yeah. Are you guys it's ready to bad. jump into uh, the water swatting? Yeah, let's do. Let's do. Let's do. Let's do it like this. Let me give a um, definition of it, and let me give our history of it, and then Jordan, you give your thoughts. Dad, you give your thoughts, and then I'll give mine. How about that? Well, before before we jump into it, kind of a little like, uh, you know kind of uh just to mention we both post our videos on youtube as as many of you know and anytime there's a water swat at all in the videos it's just hammered in the comments and downvoted and some some people really 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 have this uh you know really bad perception of water swatting so anyways continue elliot it's an extremely emotional response to it they don't just think that it's wrong it's like an extremely emotional like you're not even a real hunter and what's the matter with you like overly emotional response and so i've got i've got my thoughts on that too so water swatting is when a when a duck comes in lands in the decoys and you kill it before it, it attempts to flush so it's still on the water you shoot it on the water or you water swat it now as as i was growing up and we were duck hunting but you thought that it was illegal. It was, you had taught me it was illegal when we, I think we thought it was illegal. Yeah. And so we had never water swatted because we thought it was illegal. And right. I think a lot of this topic comes down to what you were taught by your father, your grandfather. I think most of this issue comes down to that fact. So when yeah. we, we went the majority of our years, we never water swatted. In fact, the first time we ever water swatted was season one of FDH. 
when that that's when we discovered it was not illegal. Well, the first the first hunt or two that year, you were berating me for having water swatted. That's right. Because there was a question as to whether that bird that was coming in yeah. actually had landed before yeah. I shot it or after I shot it. That's right. That's how it started. And so we were, and I was I was maintaining in slow motion that that bird might have had one fingernail in the water, but that was it. So somehow you got to researching and you discovered, you know what, it's not illegal. Or maybe yeah. someone said it on a comment in one of these. I don't know. I don't know. But, we, we, but the reason we had never traditionally water swatted the only reason we'd ever talked about it was it was illegal. So we had never actually discussed, would we even want to do it? Right. Is that something we should do? Because it was a mute point to us because we thought it was illegal. This does not include when you have a wounded bird. Yeah. Would, when they, you have a wounded bird, it's the sporting thing to dispatch it. Yeah, that's, it that's not water not. swatting. That's that, not water swatting. So when we discovered that it was um, not illegal to shoot birds on the water, we still did not water swat just because we never had right the next year um i started swatting a few teal uh, during teal season this would be season two of fdh and the reason that i did it m mainly was because i am traditionally a terrible shot at teal coming off the water i don't know why i've been much much better um lately but for some reason when i get teal especially when they're flushing left to right i think i actually overlead them i am a terrible shot at teal on the water well, they're quick so I just decided to decide, you know what? It's legal. Um, I don't see a big problem with it. I'm gonna, I'm going to during teal season, I'm gonna swat a few teal on the water. Yeah. Um, and then fast forward, we slowly started doing it a little more often. Yeah. Um, and now up to season four, um, it's become such an issue in our videos in season four, mainly because most of the swats have been our boys swatting them on right, the water. Right. Right. Um, still, I think out of my 30 birds, I've swatted two. One was that wounded bird that wouldn't fly and one other on another hunt. So I, I still personally myself don't water swap very often. Be, and my reason is I don't think it's very fun. I don't, I don't think it's as fun to shoot, to swat them on the water as it is. But this season we we've done, it's had so much success. And as the boys, as, as the boys started hunting, um, three or four years ago and they weren't very good shots, we encouraged them to do it. Um, I guess it wasn't four years ago, but in the early stages, we encouraged them to do it because they were struggling to kill birds. Right. And we wanted them to have success. We wanted them to get a kill. So we would encourage them to swat one or two just so they had a kill on the board. Not only that, but when a, when a young person is just learning to, to shoot, he's much more likely to wound that bird flying than sure. sitting on the water. For sure. So this season, we have had a lot of kill shots on video that are water swats. And again, mostly the boys doing so, but us sometimes as well. Yeah. Not a great deal, but some. And so the debate on um, our channel has really revved up. And um, I'm really noticing what an emotional hot topic that it is. And and here, here are the arguments that you get every single time. It's either one, that it's not sporting that you're and, and you get you're not giving the bird a chance right. you, you you have to give the bird a chance you're not giving the bird a chance that's argument number one argument number two is it's unethical um and i guess those are somewhat similar kind of, between kind the of two, tied together kind of tied together but it's always either it's unethical or it's unsporting now if you engage people that are really emotional on it 
um, they really struggle to give you anything past those two. So if I give a counterpoint to someone and I say, how is it unethical when I am cleanly and efficiently killing this bird? Every single teal that I've shot at on the water, I kill with one shot. It's clean. It's efficient. How in the world could that be unethical? And they don't have any response to that. And you've already decoyed them to land in your yeah. decoys. It's not like sky busting to build up a number, hopefully. It's, yeah. It's like it's a clean shot and it's, uh, it's uh, you've already brought them in and landed them. You've, you've already fooled them. Yeah. Uh, the, the second one being, well, you have to give them a chance. This particular argument makes absolutely no sense to me. We are out to kill efficiently and quickly an animal. In what scenario does giving them a chance mm -hmm. play into that? <laughs> I, I don't, that, that does just does not make mm -hmm. any sense to me whatsoever. I mean, if, yeah, if I fold uh, them, go ahead. Kind of, kind of on that same point, you know, with, uh, I had a video in particular last year where the water SWAT, comments were just coming in and one person said exactly what you're saying like like i can't believe you're not even giving those birds a chance and i'm like and like normally i just kind of ignore those and but it just finally got to me a little bit and i'm like i don't want to give them a chance i want to eat them like yeah. the, the, the yeah. comment i gave to them <laughs> and, and my, my response is are you telling me that i should intentionally make my shot more difficult intentionally have a higher chance of wounding a bird and losing it. Is that what you're telling me that I have to do? So if I'm deer hunting and something comes in and a monster buck comes and stands at me at 10 yards, am I supposed to scare it away and shoot it as it runs away? I mean, in what world when you're trying to, when you're trying to ethically kill something, does making your shot intentionally making your shot harder consider sporting? That's why I you use know, an well, extended full, full choke. Cause I want it to be more sporting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, growing up, I mean, my father-in-law taught me to hunt, and uh, I don't know where I learned this, but it had to have come from him, and, and that was that it's just not thought to be, as you say, you're hunting this animal, you want to give them a sporting chance to get away, and that, that was the whole explanation. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't go any deeper than that. And if you press someone on it, they can't give you any more yeah. than that. I did have someone come back to me and say, well, a deer, you know, they've got a better brain. And therefore, when you get them in that close, it's a lot harder. Teal are easier to decoy. But that's it's still a very hollow argument. I'm not so sure that teal are easier to decoy than a deer. I mean, you have fewer deer. Well, those teal this year were pretty easy. Well, they were. But, you know, <laughs> when a deer walks down your trail they they'll stand there and look at you while yeah. you take your shot i mean they're so curious that their first their first motivation is to check out who you are and what you're doing yeah. rather than run away I, I i i want i should preface this earlier and say any one of you listening that that choose not to shoot birds on the water i don't think there's anything wrong with that if if you don't want to ever water swat and you say you know what um this isn't as fun this is not the way i do it then certainly that I don't hold any kind of grudge towards anybody that feels that way. Yeah. My, uh, my frustration, I don't know if frustration is the right word. I guess the thing that confuses me is the over emotional response to it. Yeah. When uh, I just always want to fall back on, I care about the lives of what I kill and I want to kill it as cleanly and efficiently and humanely as possible. Yeah. And water swatting a teal at 10 yards, that's about as quick and humane a kill as you're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and kind of on that point too, I, I I can I can definitely understand people like if that's how you were taught. Like if my grandpa would have told me, "Don't water spot ducks," just and didn't really you know didn't go further beyond that explanation, I probably still wouldn't to this day. <laughs> just just because of you know the kind of influence you know grandpas sure. have on their grandsons and hunting Absolutely. and that kind of stuff. Absolutely. All right, so you have something. Um, personally, emotionally, I still cling to that to that idea that I want to give them a fair chance. I mean, that's just how I feel about it. Um, but uh, on the other hand, another part of me reacts strongly against wounding and letting a bird get away. So. Uh, but for me personally, uh, I'm, I'm to a point where I'm not trying to shoot my limit. I just want to enjoy the experience. I want to enjoy the people I'm with. I want to see God's creation and the wonders and the acrobatic activities of those ducks. I just want to enjoy the experience. And I want to shoot ducks with their feet down going into my decoys. That's just what I want. And so if I get one that beats me and lands in the water, I think, well, gee, I don't, I want a, a little harder than that, you know? And so. See, to me, I'd say a little more fun than that. All right. Not well, harder. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. I don't more. want to make it harder. It's more fun to see yeah, them fold yeah. in the air. Yeah. If you only get six birds, do you really want one of them just to be an easy pop on the water? I don't. Yeah. I, want, I want to get them all. Now, the one thing that would tempt me is first thing in the morning, those little teal come sailing in there at low altitudes and they're backdropped against vegetation and everything. You can't see them flying unless they, when they're going into land, coming in low like that, rather than flying over the top of you, you, you can't see that. I can't see them. They land on the water. I can see them on the water. So I might be tempted if I'm wanting to shoot my limit that day, I'm going to, I might be tempted to shoot the first one in the early light on the water and start my point because I most certainly am either going to miss or I'm not going to get a good shot at them when they flush off the water in that dim light. And so that, that doesn't tempt me that much because I'm not that wound up over shooting my limit. But if I were, that would tempt me to start my, start my limit by water swatting. Yeah. So kind of, um, one thing I had been thinking, and Brandon kind of brings up the same point, but uh, his question is, um, do you think the unethical mentality mentality against water spotting might come from punt gun marketing hunting days? And it very well could be. That's kind of one, one of the things I was thinking, because it does definitely seem to resonate more with the older generation or people have learned it from, you know, grandpa, and he was probably taught by his dad. And you have to think about, like, pre-regulations and market hunting and how a lot yeah. of the animals were pushed to you know low numbers just due to there not being good regulations um you know people were able to um bait you know there's just not regulations you could bait um for hunting you can still do that for deer in some states um and the punt guns with people don't know that it's a large gun they'd mount on boats um in the Chesapeake Bay, it was famous in that area for doing that. And they'd go out in their boats and just water swat a whole flock of ducks for market hunting and selling those. Yeah. They would literally come in the shore with a boat full of ducks 
and they were selling them on the on the market. Yeah, they were shipping them back east. So I think that's an excellent point. That very well may be where yeah. the original, yeah. the original bad taste in people's mouth came from, because duck numbers did decline because of that practice. Yeah, and they had to regulate it. The truth is, the reduction of numbers was more due to draining the land. Sure, but that I I'd, I would say, where does it come from? I'd say that's probably partial yeah, minimum. Okay. And, and that, that once it started, you had market hunting, you had sport hunting. And if I'm a sport hunter, I'm going to look down on these market hunters. And that kind of plays into what I think is the proper argument for someone that's against water swatting. And anyone that sees my video and sees a water swat and has an issue with it, here is what I think your appropriate argument should be. Waterfowl is is a is a sport that has years and years and years of tradition and it, it is it goes way deeper than just an activity this is something that is ingrained in the american culture and the tradition has been passed down from generation to generation and generation yeah. and that's just as waterfowlers not how we do it mm -hmm. and tradition matters and passing down um, the tradition of the sport matters. So when you when you start water swatting, you are breaking decades and decades of traditions to just how it's done. Right. And so therefore, stay stay to true to the tradition of what your sport is, and let's just continue to do it how most of us have been taught to, which is to not water swat. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the I think yeah. that's the proper. Argument. Yeah, I think that's probably right. And and when they went to sport hunting, and made and made. Uh, commercial hunting illegal, they made water swatting illegal at the same time. Mm -hmm. And as I understand it now, in recent years, some of your Southern states have said, we're trying to get youth involved. So let's let, let's let youth water swat. Mm -hmm. And then they must've come to their senses and, and said, well, what's so matter? wrong? What's so yeah. wrong with that? Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of the way it's progressed. And uh, those of us that are still, feel a reaction against it, uh, it, it's just our personal feeling about it. Yeah. But to have an over, over emotional response to it is misplaced in my, to yeah. me. I, I just yeah. don't, it seems misplaced. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think that, uh, pretty much covers it unless you guys got anything else to add on. No, that. I think, I think that's pretty much covers it. Well, yeah. Elliot and I, pre-water swatting, Elliot had a really good time teasing me all the time about how low to the water I was shooting birds. Yeah. It was like, my my opinion was, if that bird is in the air and my mind says, shoot it, then no matter what it's doing, once I shoot, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I say, shoot it, it's in the air, bam. Well, if he lands in between, it's just because my reactions are too slow. <laughs> and so he would... He was always arguing with me about whether or not my shot was legal or not. And I always, I always maintained that my shot was perfectly legal. Although I have some video that might uh, claim otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I guess kind of to conclude it, um, you know, kind of along what, what Elliot was saying, uh, you know, I definitely don't try to water swap, but if something, if, you know, one slips in there here and there, or, um, you know, one thing I've done in the past, if I've had a really bad day of shooting, which just happens rarely, but last year I had a day where my, I wasn't hitting anything. I had a new gun 
and I wanted to get a retrieve for my dog. Had a wood duck land in the decoys, and I just water swatted the heck out of it, and she ran out there and got it. <laughs> and so, you know, you don't want to have too many, uh, when you're training your dog, too many misses, too many shots fired without your dog getting a reward. We've been known to shoot a coot now and then that way, <laughs> just for the dog. <laughs> just for the dog, yeah. I would say also on a really slow day, if a mallard drake lands between 35 and 40 yards on the water, and I know if I flush him, I'm going to be taking a 45-yard shot, and it's you a might. real slow day. I might, I yeah. might sluice a Drake like that. Yeah, that's true. But it's got to be a slow day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, there are, uh, you know, reasons why we might here and there. But I think we both, or both our channels, is a way of putting it. We don't necessarily make that a goal to water swat. It's quite Absolutely. the opposite. No, I'd rather, I'd rather not actually. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think that pretty much covers it. So. Um, any last words from the freelance duck hunting crew? Uh, I have it's just a point of interest. Uh, uh, I have a, a Facebook friend who also follows uh, our channel, and I think his name is Michael Billington. Anyway, he's British, and he had Facebooked me and told me that in Britain there are those that still, just for tradition's sake, will shoot eight and four gauges oh my god and man oh man i mean i would kick the crap four out of gauge Good yeah but grief. he said that that does happen and a lot of times it's just kind of to maintain a tradition but i forgot to ask him whether they're water swatting when they do it because you know they their regulations as i understand it in europe is they don't have the north american treaty agreement migration bird treaty agreement or mm -hmm. anything like that and so they're a, a little looser in their regulations yeah they probably have to find an, a sturdy enough tree to put their gun against to... <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah anything else elliot nope that's it next next weekend or next week on this we will be discussing actually we're gonna have simeon on and we're gonna be talking about the hunts i don't know if nevin want to come on or not maybe he will i don't know um, but we're gonna be talking about the boys hunt so that'll be really interesting awesome that'll be great all right all right Get guys it. i'm uh jordan from duck gun chronicles elliot and fumbles from freelance duck hunting and we'll see you guys next time and that's a wrap thanks again guys for joining us again making it through another podcast we really appreciate you guys this community this podcast would be nothing without all the great people we have tuning in week in and week out and joining us for the podcast Big thanks, big shout out to our sponsors for the Duck Gun Podcast. Um, we'd like to thank HGR Innovations. We'd like to thank White Rock Decoys, Sportsman Taxidermy, and Gunner Kennels. Without them, this podcast wouldn't be possible, and we wouldn't be able to bring you guys this awesome content. So anyways, guys, that's all we got for this week. Duck season, guys, it's so close, I can almost taste it. We're so ready, guys. Just hang in there. Only a week. You know, maybe you've already started, but only a week or two for a lot of us. Anyways, guys, that's all I got, and we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>